Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to the Dwell Podcast, everyone. My name is Natalie Abbott. I'm your host. And today we get to talk about an awesome verse. It is Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So that's our memory verse for this month. It's what we're dwelling on, what we're thinking about. And on the episode today, we have Miss Jamie Ivy. Welcome, Jamie. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you with us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Well, so you actually picked this verse for us. This is so fun. I feel like a, a special guest that I picked this verse. This feels You great. are special. You are very <laughs> this special. really great. Uh, so tell us, why did you pick this verse this month? Well, I love not only that verse, but I also love, you know, the two verses that come after it. Because mm-hmm. for me personally, I want to remember it and walk in that truth. You know, if I can read the next ones underneath it, uh, it says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all the house. This is my, this is the the summary of it. It says in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. And I think as a woman in particular, I'm wondering Mm -hmm. how do I do my life so that when others see my good works, they give glory to God who is in heaven. And so that's, that's my desire um, so much. I don't know if you know this, but I have this tattoo on my arm. I'll show it to you. Oh, I love it. Tell them what I'm seeing. Listeners can't see it because you're listening, but I got a can- I have a candle tattoo on my arm because of these verses right here. Just this mm. reminder of that in darkness, a candle really can light up a whole room. And yeah. Jesus tells us in this sermon, particularly that, that we are that light, that we mm-hmm. have light and darkness. And I want to be a woman that believes that and walks in that and lives that out. I love that conceptually we can take something like this verse and apply it and make it say something that's individual to us, that has a greater truth for everybody, but that you know there are parts of scripture that just really um, impact us individually. And I love that this verse is something that just is like a life verse for you. I love it. Really it. Is. it really is. So you recently wrote a book. It's called UBU. And I know it is just now coming out for everybody. And I have gotten the opportunity to read almost all of it. And in it, you reference this passage of scripture. And one of the things that you say is our good works, our gifts, our talents, our whole lives are meant to shine God's light on others so they may give glory to our Father. Our ultimate highest calling is to make him known and bring him glory. And so you talk a lot about calling and this being our big calling. Our ultimate calling is to make God known and to bring him glory. Um, But you make this distinction, which I think is really interesting, between our ultimate or our big calling and our specific calling. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, I think there's kind of two sets of people. Some people would take their their gifts, like this verse where it says, um, let your light shine before others, which be, be like, and so that they may see your good works. So we'll look at our good works as like our giftings, our talents, what God's given us. Some people would take that and be like, I don't know if I should even let my good work shine because then it's all about me. Or then other people would think like, you know, I had these good works. So put me up on a pedestal and look at what I'm doing. And God is actually saying to all those people, your good works, your gifts, talents, they're not for you. Guess what? 
They are so that others can see me. And so I think we see in scripture that God's what he's asking for us when he tells us to go and make disciples, to make his name known. Like that's what we all have to, that's our goal in life is to make him known and bring him glory. And we do that in every area of our life, in your workplace, in your career, in your friendships, in your marriage, in your parenting, whatever it might be. Like this is our ultimate goal in life. God, I want to make you known and give you glory. Then we're all going to have different paths of how we do that, different areas of what we do. Um, you and I podcast. I author. I parent four children. I parent teenagers. You know, my husband and I have adopted. I've served in jail ministry. I've taught fifth grade Sunday school. I've served on leadership in the kids team at church. And so everyone's going to have these different areas that God is going to use you and call you to, but they all are ultimately to make him known and bring him glory in everything you do. So our big calling being make him known, bring him glory. And then our specific calling in different seasons of our life looks different. It looks like teaching fifth grade Sunday school or parenting your four kids or whatever. And those, I think those specific callings do change over time, right? They change all the time. I mean, that's the thing that's so hard is that we want to know God right in the stars, what I'm going to be called to for the rest of my life. Now, does that happen to some people? Sure. I mean, I'm certain that there's someone who started at age 20 and they worked the same job until they were 80 and that was their calling for their career. But I think actually it changes a lot. Your seasons change, your finances change, your resources change, where you live changes. Um, and so you'll do different things. If I were to look back at all the different ways that God's used me, they're so different all the time. You know, when I had two babies at home, I was hardly doing that much outside of my home because I was a stay-at-home mom and consumed by that. And then as my kids got older, I was able to do different things. And so I think a lot of times we're looking for this writing in the sky when really we need to just be like open-handed and say, God, what's going to happen? So look around. Who's around you? Who, where's the need? When you hear that conversation come up, like, you know what? We're really needing people to run this. Maybe you have the gifts, you have the talents, you have the resources, you have the time. Maybe you step in and do that. Maybe that is a calling God has on your life for the next three years. Who knows? You know, so we yeah. just have to live open handed and listen to God and go where he takes us. I love that. Um, my husband is in pastoral ministry and, you know, there are a lot of jobs that just need to be done in the church that are not sexy. You know, they are not in the front of everybody leading worship. They are the day in, day out faithful jobs of, hey, you're going to be here on, you know, the second Sunday of every month doing the greeter job or whatever. And those are so valuable. And to have people who are faithful to do them is just, you know, you can't, that's, it's worth its weight in gold, really. So is my grandmother, this is, I, I think of her a lot because she does, no one would know her name. She didn't have a platform or anything. And um, the church she went to for years and years, I remember going with her when I was a little girl, they had a library. I don't know if you've ever been to a church yes. that had a library, you know, and I just think <laughs> what a brilliant idea. We need to bring libraries back in churches. Um, yeah. So they had a library and granted, my grandmother loved books. She loved reading. Like that was just a part of who she was. Mm. She served faithfully and never made a dime by volunteering in the church's library. And I'm going to bet $100 they never had a library appreciation day at her church and they called her up on stage and gave her a bouquet of flowers. You know what I mean? I just don't <laughs> think that happened. <laughs> they right. probably had pastor appreciation month and new member mm -hmm. lunch, but nobody is going to find the church librarian. Mm -hmm. But my grandmother, that was 
like that was a calling on her life because mm -hmm. she loved books. She loved serving the church and she was willing to do that. Even when other people would have thought I'd rather be on stage or I'd rather be leading a whole small group. My grandma, she was the librarian and she loved it. I love that. You talk a little bit about Colin and I'm trying to remember here um, what you said about it, but you say something about how our calling is where our passions and our well, I'll, I'll quote it right for you and I'll let you know it's Rebecca Lyons. And she states that your calling is where your talents and burdens collide. That's it. And so what, what are the talents specifically that he's given you and what are your burdens? I'll tell you something that I don't have. I don't enjoy cooking. And so thankfully God in his kindness gave me a husband that loves to cook, but I don't enjoy cooking. Okay. So I am burdened for the homeless population in our city, but I hate cooking. And so I'm, that's not colliding there for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can do other things and I have served that population in other ways. Like I can go downtown. Like I do every Friday and clean a hand washing station. I can clean something, you know, I just can't make you anything in the kitchen. <laughs> Maybe not anything you want to eat. <laughs> not anything you want to eat. So it's that whole idea of what talents has God given you? Mm -hmm. And, and we got to take away the big talent, little talent. Like what is just your talent? Like what are you good at? What are you passionate about? And then you look around and be like, what are you burdened for? Like what burdens your heart for the kingdom? And then how can you put those together? And you might have just found a calling on your life. Now, I know a lot of people who would say, I don't have a lot of gifts or they maybe look at their gifts and they say they're insignificant. What would you say to that person? Well, I would say I understand. Um, I have had many times in my life um, a feeling like I don't know what I'm bringing to the table per se. I don't know what I'm bringing to the kingdom. I don't know what I'm bringing to the conversation. Hmm. And what I've realized about those feelings, those times of feeling that that's that we don't have anything to offer is I would guess a lot of time their measurement of gifts is skewed. Hmm. And you mentioned it earlier. There are so many things within the body of Christ or the at church that are needed to be done that aren't the sexy gifts. Yeah. You know, they're just they're You're not on a stage, you don't have a microphone. Um, and so the culture has done this and we've done it in the church as well as we have classified giftings as yeah. more important. And I'm by no means, taking away from the fact that there are special callings on pastors and pastoral ministry. Like I'm not taking away from that by any means, but I am saying that we have got to let go of this kind of scale of the best gifts and the worst gifts, you know, to take it from scripture, you know, Paul talks about like the body of Christ, like every part of that body matters. And yeah. we would think, well, like the hands and the feet are the most important, you know, they can move and they can walk and they can take the gospel. But if we take Paul and Jesus and God at his word, like he's saying every part matters. And there's not a part that you're going, if you have this, you're the A-plus Christian. And so you've made it. You're the varsity captain. You get to do everything. Everyone wants to get your autograph. But we think that way sometimes. We can joke now. I find that myself thinking that sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a shift. It's a shift of going you know, you have gifts and talents because God says that he's given you things. And first Peter, he talks about it. Like you have been given gifts, use them to serve others. So mm -hmm. if, if he's telling us you've been given gifts, then that takes away the, I don't have a gift. 
Right. Because there's no excuse for you. You do have gifts. God tells you, you know, God tells, you know, Ephesians when he talks about like every good work has been given to you. You're a God's workmanship to do good with what he's given you. Hmm. So you have them. Now it's just a matter of like finding them. And then this is the hard part. It's a matter of trusting that they're good. And I think a lot of times we discover these gifts and we go, thanks, but no thanks. Hmm. Like if I had what she has, I think I could really do some damage for the kingdom. And we're missing out on what God's given us and how he's called us to change the world that we're living in right then. And listen, it's hard. It's really hard. And I think that that is a trap that a lot of us are going to fight forever is that trap of thinking that we didn't get enough or God's holding out on us. Or if I only had that, I'd be better. And so it's not only it's believing that you have them and then trusting that they're good and that God can Mm. use them. That is so good. I would just like to, in this minute here, before we got to close up, say how much I appreciate your honesty in your book, because I think sometimes we look at somebody and we're like, oh, that's Jamie Ivy. Like she is the real deal. She's got the real gifts. You know, she's got it going on. And in your book, you're just very honest. Like you start off and you're like, I, what does a midlife crisis look like? I don't know. I'm asking myself these questions. Like, does my life even matter? And I'm like, oh, preach girl. Yes. I think we all have those questions. And to know that somebody like you, who is in a position that you're in where your giftings are more visible, you know, and your audience is bigger. I think sometimes we look at somebody like you and we think, oh, but she's satisfied. Oh, but Mm -hmm. she's got it all together. You know, she's really what God wants for people to do with their lives. And and I'm not there yet. I'm not going to, you know, that's never going to be me. And none of us are going to be Jamie Ivy because there's only one Jamie Ivy. That's right. Yep. That's so right. True. Yeah. But I just so appreciate your honesty with your own struggle. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. like, hey, everybody don't struggle. It's like, hey, everybody, I'm struggling. <laughs> yeah. And, and we can only, we can struggle and that's okay, but we can get to the other side because of the grace of God. Yeah. You know, so that's, Amen. yeah, we're all there. You don't leave us hanging either. That's right. You're not just like, hey, guys, I'm struggling over here. Nope, <laughs> you know? nope. He comes in. <laughs> he does. And it's so good. Well, we don't have any more time for this uh, first episode with you, Jamie, but I'm excited for you to come back for two more episodes and talk some more about your book, You Be You, and talk a little bit more about this verse and what does it mean to be content with who God has made us to be? Um, what does it look like to kind of pursue that calling? And so I'm excited. Uh, those of you who are listening, tune into the next two episodes um, and get to hear from Jamie. Thanks for coming on, Jamie. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.